Welcome to the LA Realtor Podcast. I'm Paul with Great Builds. And I'm Sarah with Glen Oaks Escrow. And we're getting to know the industry one conversation at a time. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the LA Realtor Podcast. This is Paul. I'm without the lovely Sarah today. She is absent, but in her place, I have the lovely John. I'm filling in. I hope I do a good job. <laughs> Welcome, lovely John. Thank you. <laughs> I know I don't have the triple espresso, super sweet coffee in front of me, but I'll do my best to take her place. You'll do fine. You'll do fine. I'm going to tell you like a, a bedtime story today about this thing I call, they call SB9. And the background is this. I was driving in my neighborhood in the Valley by my daughter's school. And I've seen lots of construction, as you probably have, of people putting up ADUs behind their house because that's been going on since 2020. And that law got approved. But here there was a house. It's just a single family neighborhood, a house in the front and two units in the back. I mean, really filling up the lot. It was a corner lot. So the, mm. the two units were facing the other direction, the other street. And I did a little homework and I realized, oh, this is the first example of SB9 in the wild that I've Ooh. seen. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go on. Okay. So SB9, and I think this is interesting. I think this is interesting for realtors to know because this is a pretty big phase change here in housing. So let me, tell, let me start telling you about it. Senate Bill 9 is called the California Housing Opportunity and More Efficiency Act. The acronym is HOME, of course. <laughs> and uh, obviously, it's meant to supply, uh, increase housing supply in California. It's across California. But as we know, just like with ADUs, every city is going to enact it differently. So I actually went to the City of LA website to see how they're implementing SB9. And there's a lot of content. So they've already done some things. The, the, the council and whatever the planning commission have, have already sort of started down this path. So I think as realtors, we need to know what that means and what's possible on any specific lot. So I'll start by telling you this. It is SB9 is specific to single family zones. So we're really just talking about one family homes, not multifamily it's all the R zones, R-A, R-E, R-S, all the zoning that's essentially single family. And if you want to know if your property is eligible for SB9, you can go to Zemas, Google Z-I-M-A-S, that's the city's map information program. And on the left side, there's a line that says SB9 eligibility, and it'll literally say yes or no. Easy. We'll put that link in the show notes. Right. Okay. So, but but that's great. But what the hell is SB9, right? And the answer is there's, there's a couple pieces to SB9 and let's talk about them a little bit separately. Something called urban lot split and something called two unit development. Bottom line, they want you to add more. I don't know if they want you to, they allow you to add more housing to a single family lot, just like they did with ADUs. So that's the point, just to add more housing stock, just like with the ADU regulations. Yep. I mean, with an ADU, right, just going back just a, a minute, it was you have a house, you can add an ADU, could be up to 1,200 square feet. You can add a JADU on your lot that could be up to 500 square feet. So this is somewhat similar, but kind of on steroids a little bit. So let me tell you about the urban lot split. You go to the city's planning department and you could literally say, I have a single family lot. I want to split it into two. Okay. 
And of course, for every lot you have, you can build a home, right? And then, I mean, the regulations are this. Each lot must be at least 1,200 square feet, and each lot has to have street frontage. It's not like you can build, you can like split your backyard off in half because how do you get there? You, you wouldn't have street frontage. So, so for this regulation, you kind of have to have a big enough lot to make it work or a corner lot. Does street frontage include alley access Probably. or only a main street? That's a good question. I don't know. Probably not. Oh, I stumped you. Well, yeah, you did, but probably not. Um, so then this really only works on properties that are on a corner lot? A corner or large enough that, let's say they're... If it's a, double wide. Or even 50% wider. Yeah. You could do a flag lot. I don't know if you're mm-hmm. familiar with flag lot. You put Just a driveway that goes down. Driveway goes to the back. Mm-hmm. But most homes, the way they're built now, there is no room for 20 feet to get a driveway. Right. But they take up the whole lot. Yeah. So 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 urban lot split is not going to work for everything. It's I think in very specific and unique situations. But oh, one more thing with urban lot splits, they don't want developers doing these. So there is a three-year owner occupancy requirement. Mm. So you could do it, but then you're going to have to live in one of the homes for for three years. Just like the JADU regulations. Kind of like the JADU regulations. Yeah. Okay. So that's urban lot split. But let's talk about things that I think is what I saw out in the wild in my neighborhood, the two unit development. You could take your lot, okay, and literally put a second home on it. Like not an ADU, but a full size home. And essentially... There, as far as I could tell, there is no like street frontage requirements. You could literally put it in your in your backyard, okay. And it can be at least a uh, you, even if you're over the residential floor area standards for your zone, the city will still is required to let you at least build another home that's 800 square feet. So I know this is getting kind of complicated and wonky, but the bottom line is you are allowed to build a second home on your lot. So what did I see in the wild? I saw somebody that had an existing home. They built a detached second home as part of this two unit development. Mm-hmm. But here's where it gets crazy. That does not preclude you from building the ADUs that you're allowed to build. So what did they do? They built their second home as part of SB9. And then they built an ADU hmm. behind that, which they're allowed to do. How's that kosher? Well, because because it actually says that that with with the SB9 two unit development, ADUs do not count towards the two unit maximum. Mm-hmm. So they can be on top of that. So the ADU regulations say as long as it's a residential property, yep. you can add an ADU yep. no matter what. And then similarly with SB9, they say you can add a second primary living, no questions asked, as long as the lot allows for it. So those are still able to work in tandem, it looks like. You can stack them on top of each other in a way wow. without using... Literally. Maybe not literally. No, not literally. <laughs> I think you could, you could that, in theory. I don't know. No, I don't know. No, no, there's going to be a height restriction. But, but, but here's, here's, kinda, here's the bottom line. Clearly, any single family home now can be two unit, right? We either build an ADU up to 1,200 square feet right. or build this second unit as part of the two unit development of SB9. But then it goes further. Really, you could turn a single family home in the right situation, let's face it, into three or four units, right? Wow. So I saw three. 
right? I saw main home, second home, ADU. But in theory, and I believe this is true, you could do a first home, second home, ADU, JADU. Oh, right. Without, without the lot split. That's what I'm saying. With just that two unit development, without splitting your lot, you could do four units. One more wrinkle with the lot split. You can definitely do four. Right. Right. Because you get, you get your two lots. That makes the most sense. Each has a home. Right. And each has an ADU. Uh Now you got four. You better have a big lot. So that's the really, really the only most significant aspect of this is as long as you have a lot big enough, you can do all these things. I think so. But, but I want to share this with you. When I was driving past that lot, they clearly used all of the backyard. Okay. Right. And when I looked up the setbacks for SB9, the rear setback and the side setback is only four feet. So, I mean, just like with ADUs, just like with ADUs, but you can really load them up. You're really turning a single family home lot, which, you know, they all come with some backyard into almost a multifamily lot right. where there's like no backyard. The only caveat is you will still be required to have your front yard setbacks. So like if most homes in your neighborhood have a 20 foot driveway, mm-hmm. they don't want you putting your second home up to the street. It's going to look weird. And we were talking about this because that property you saw is on a corner lot. Yep. How does frontage play a role in that? Whatever the house front, whatever street the house yeah, fronts on, the street is, that it's on is your front. So even if the side lot becomes the new front, correct? folks might still be able to get away with it. Well, whatever the front is, they'll make you do the setback. Sure. Parking. It's kind of like ADU uh, uh, regs. It says no more than one covered off street parking space uh, per unit may be required. And then there's a bunch of exceptions. If you're within a half mile from a transit corridor, a major transit stop. So a large part of LA, at least urban LA, probably won't require any parking Mm -hmm. because you'll, you'll meet those exceptions. And then the one thing I want to add to the lot split conversation is that when you do a lot split, you're, you're obviously creating a second lot. You'll be able to sell that. Mm. right? You, you have your home, you did the lot split. If your lot split, you build maybe a second home on it. That's saleable. Now you have really two lots and two homes to sell. With the, with the other, with the two unit development, you still have one lot. You can only sell it once. But when they talk a little bit about this, when you're doing development, like a lot split, you're, you know, you're becoming a developer. There's a bunch of fees that go with that, mm. uh, what I call impact fees. So you're going to pay like, not, not water hookup and all that, that's normal, but things like park fees, school fees, affordable housing fees. So I would, uh, yeah, I don't have the numbers for you exactly, John, but for folks that are interested in that, they got to do the research at the planning department. But that only applies to the lot split. I think the lot split has all the significant fees. Mm. The two unit uh, development We'll have your standard fees, your sewer hookup, your permit fees, your Got it. all the various. So who's this good for? I mean, that's a good question. I mean, who would take a single family home? I mean, ADUs are pretty robust. You can use it for family. You could use it for guests. You can use it for tenants. So why would you put a, a third unit or a fourth unit on your property? I think at that point, you're turning it into an investment property. Mm-hmm. Because as you said, it's not for developers because it has the owner occupancy requirement. So it's likely not going to be the best fit for a big league investor, but maybe a 
homeowner who wants to get into investing, who wants to get into some real estate portfolio? Yeah, I see the two unit development thing as an opportunity for small mom and pop investors. Yeah. Let's say they find the right lot and it's got a home on it. As long as they're meeting the guidelines, they could, because they can use the entire lot up to four feet from the back and the rear, mm-hmm. you can essentially turn that into a, and when I say multifamily, I'm talking about a duplex, triplex, right. fourplex, which is very common in urban areas, right? I always think of Van Nuys near the courthouse. There's a bunch of single family homes, but there's a bunch of duplexes, a bunch of triplexes. There's parts of Burbank and Glendale that are kind of like that, mm-hmm. where it's, it, it's just a diverse community. It takes it from a homogeneous single family home community, which certainly some parts of LA are going to stay that way to more of a diverse community. Right. I mean, think about it. It's not a cheap project. Doing just an ADU can cost at least a hundred K if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, but doing an ADU and building another single family home and potentially doing another one, that's going to cost millions of dollars. That's right. But if you've if you ever talk to anyone who who shopped for or wanted to buy an investment property like a duplex or triplex in LA, those things are crazy expensive. Yeah. Because everybody wants one. The idea is for everyone's first investment, real estate investment, they want to get a duplex or triplex or fourplex. Why? So they can live in a unit, Mm -hmm. they can manage the other two or three. It pays for the entire mortgage and, and, and it, it grows their, their wealth. So this is just another option to do that. Now they got to build it themselves, but it's doable. Find the right lot with a single family home that still has plenty of backyard to allow for other units. And you've created your own duplex triplex. Right. So it's not for the faint of heart. It's going to be a long, arduous process to get all the approvals necessary to get all the funding necessary for the project. And it's likely going to take over a year to build multiple of these. So maybe not for a first timer as their entry into real estate investing. But if you know what you're doing or you're patient and willing to make the investment, this sounds like a good fit. Yeah. I mean, when you say first timer, yeah. I mean, a first timer, maybe they just want to renovate a house. Start with an ADU. Or start with an ADU. Right. Uh, Garage conversion. But it's not, I think what the laws are trying to do is make sure that the local governments don't preclude this stuff, right? At the California level, they want to add more housing. So essentially they're making it somewhat easy. There's no no, what they call discretionary approvals, no planning commission, no city council has to weigh in on what you're doing. The idea is read, read the guidelines. If, if it meets the guidelines, your architect will draw it to meet the guidelines, the height restriction and the setbacks and so on and so forth. Submit your plans and you're free to build, mm-hmm. you know, and go out looking for the, the right property. I know like by SC just pops in my head, like, there's probably still some old single family homes, but certainly they need student housing and right. multifamily. Why not build your second, third, uh, fourth unit on a lot if it's the right size or the right whatever? Students don't necessarily have cars anyways. Mm-hmm. They don't need offsite parking. Maybe they could walk to SC. So there's parts of, of LA where I think this makes total sense. I mean, I think some people push back and say, oh, not in my neighborhood. And it's true. In their neighborhood, 
this is probably not going to happen, but in some neighborhoods, this makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. You just reminded me of a, a client that I worked with years ago, who was also had property in and around the SC campus, wanted to build either a three or a four bedroom ADU, mm. small space. The rooms were small. The overall structure, I think was maxed out at 1200 square feet. And he was trying to make it very minimal uh, in order to cram in as many students as possible. And something like this with SB9, I don't know if he ever started his project, but he should look back at that property and see if he has an opportunity to further max out that lot by doing something with the triplex or, or four-bedroom four mm -hmm. ADU that he wanted to build in addition to potentially another primary space. Yeah, these aren't going to be like two 2,500-square-foot homes on a lot. The max floor area coverage ratios that are on the zoning of your lot are not going to allow, I mean, that would be like McMansionizing mm -hmm. your lot. I mean, we're talking about 800 square foot, 1200 square foot, which is small family living, uh, students, uh, singles, you know, I mean, generally you start out when you're younger living in an apartment or a space that's six or 800 square feet. But once you're, once you have a family, you're going to outgrow that space mm -hmm. and you're going to move to your traditional single family home. So, but, but you're exactly right. And, and look, that's a great plug uh, for, for great builds is if you're looking, or if you have clients that are looking to build an ADU or need to know about the costs of an ADU or doing something like SB9 and, and doing construction on their property, that's where our our staff comes in and, and they help people kind of analyze that and research it, even if they're just at, they're just looking for a property or they're in escrow. So we could be helpful there. I mean, that's pretty much all I had to tell you about SB9. So let's, let's zoom out for a second then. Yeah. How do you feel about this? What are your thoughts about SB9 and what it's, what impact it may have on Los Angeles and California as a whole? I mean, I'll, I'll take it in a different direction and talk about it from the standpoint of, of realtors. Just like with ADUs, when it, it began, and I don't think it was terribly important to realtors to know about it, but all of a sudden, a year later or two years later, everybody's talking about mm -hmm. it. Can I build an ADU? Where can I build an ADU? Can I find me a property that I can convert the garage? Oh, it, that property has an ADU on it. Great. Uh, I'd love to buy that. Realtors need to know that and they need to know the guidelines. So I think it's only a matter of time before they, and that's why we're doing this podcast is they need to know how SB9 is going to affect them because clients are going to ask them, especially investors, but even so clients are going to ask them, what can I do on this property? Not every client, mm -hmm. certainly, but a few. I dig it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out with me, John. And thank you for uh, tuning in. Uh, we'll be back with the uh, lovely Sarah next time. See you soon. That was fun. And I think I learned a few things. I hope we got all the details right. And I'd love to maybe have some other SB9 experts on the show. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time. See you next time. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm Paul with Great Builds. And I'm Sarah with Glen Oaks Escrow. And if you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. If you'd like to get in touch, please email us at larealtorpod at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.